Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Beamer Distributors Blog Talk Show. This is your show. It's designed for all Beamer distributors across the country to provide you with the latest information, training, and current events. It's a live, interactive show where we value your participation. Just hit one on your phone and we'll open your lines so you can ask questions and share information and testimonials. You'll hear from individuals who are experiencing amazing results in their business and with the use of their Beamer. But remember, this information of Beamer technology is not designed to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or ailment. These testimonials have not been evaluated or reviewed by the FDA. This call is for education only, and no medical or income claims are intended. This call is not put on by Beamer USA. It's just us, a group of independent Beamer distributors all helping one another. So grab a pen and paper, listen carefully, and get ready to learn and share. Stay tuned. The show is about to begin. Good morning, Blog Talk Radio. This is your co-host, Ian Robb, on the Whatever Wednesday. And I'm super excited because we're going to have a wow hour with Tony Jerry. But first... And foremost, our other co-host, Lisa Diamond, who is very important. Lisa, are you on with us? I am, Ian. I am. Thank you. And, yeah, we, are, we do have Tony Jerry with us again uh, this month. And we are talking about presentations. It's one of the HLAs that we're working on together as a company uh, from the top down. And that is getting back out in front of uh, the customers and prospects, uh, having Beamer meetings, doing presentations, having lunch and learns, having people at your house, uh, you know, three, four, five people uh, for a healthy happy hour type of thing. And Tony has written a book on multiple things. I forget what how many books altogether, but I know there are a lot of them. And one of his books is called The Life is a Series of Presentations, uh, which is, is true. Where I, either personally or professionally, uh, we are always presenting um, and presenting ourselves, presenting our product. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk about the eight best practices uh, that Tony talks about in his book. And he's got a great acronym from it. So everybody gets a piece of paper, grab a pen, definitely going to want to take notes. We're going to have a little challenge for you um, at the end, and then we are going to also have a little gift from, for you from Tony. So, Tony, welcome back to uh, Beamer Blog Talk Radio. We're happy that you're here. Hey, Lisa, can you hear me okay? We can. Well, let's have a wow hour. What do you think? Let's do it. How do you want to start? I want to start with your version of what you mean by life is a series of presentations. Can I tell you the story of how that book came to be with that title? I would love that. So I'm at an event a few years ago, like 15 years ago, and um, I'd written several books prior to this one, and the event was a book expo. And I ran across a fishbowl, and I put my card in the fishbowl, and a lady called me up, and she said, you won free coaching. And I said, great. And she says, but I know who you are, and I don't think I could coach you. And I'm like, 
Well, maybe. And she did coaching for people in the, that were in and around media uh, when they were launching their book, our books. And I said, wow, I would like your coaching. Well, she said, you really probably don't want it. You know, I'll give it to the next person. I said, no, I want it. I won. She said, well, you got to come to California. I said, okay, I'll come to California. I said, can I bring one of my assistants? Yep. So I go there, and I have such an incredible experience. She's so wonderful. I call her up a few days later, and I said, um, Kim, her name is Kim from L.A., she promoted over 1,000 books at the time. I said, you gave me a term, life is a series of presentations, and you said that was my term. And I've been testing it, and it's a wonderful term. I'd like to write a best-selling book with you on that term because truly life is a series of presentations. She said, yeah, I know. And she was so shocked. shocked. Anyway, bottom line is we end up teaming up with a third writer who was with Doubleday, uh, Joel Fishman, and we put this book out. Uh, We sold it. uh, Actually, we promoted it through through our agent, and eight different publishing houses wanted it. We ended up doing a deal with Simon & Schuster and became an instant bestseller. And all that background to set up for our listeners that are hearing what we're saying here is because this book really does apply to all of us, and it applies to Beamer in a big way. What do you think of that, Lisa? Definitely. And, you know, you and Ian and I had had a little bit of a conversation last week around presentations and you know, a lot of distributors in the company right now have come on brand new in the last couple of years and have not been to live presentations or held live meetings. And so that's why I really wanted to focus on this because I think that there are so many valuable tips that you have that will help someone gain the confidence to you know, put it, schedule a meeting, schedule a lunch and learn, and just get out there and start taking action. So uh, if you don't mind, can we just start with what is the number one um, first best practice? What well, we can, but, and before we do that, or as we're doing that, you said two things, Lisa, that are so important for everybody to grab. One is what people most ask me about. I've written a total now of 27 books and presentations. And what people most ask me about is how do I be more confident in front of the room, whether by Zoom or, or live. So I want to touch on that today in these eight best practices. And I want to touch on the second thing, if not the first, one of the first two things is how to get people to take action. And I think everybody that's on with us today wants those two things, to be more confident. Even if you are confident, you want to be more confident, and you want to be able to take more action. I mean, that's what we want, right? Get people to take action. When we started writing the book, Lisa, we uh, came up with 60 specific things that people could do, 60. And uh, we thought that was too much. So when we decided to go ahead and write the manuscript, we narrowed it down to eight. And those eight best practices, we created a, uh, a memory peg called I Present. So I'd like to encourage those that are with us listening to be able to take good notes so that you can obviously hopefully take advantage of what I'm sharing and be able to cascade it to people that are on your team. And the way that you want to set up your notes to be able to align with the eight practices is to write the word I present. And so there's going to be an I, a P, an R, an E, an S, an E, an N, and a T. And we want to hit each of those. 
and we want to apply it, Lisa, just like you said, for those that are maybe newer to Beamer that haven't done a ton of presentations live, although we certainly will touch on presentations Zoom as well. Now, back to your question. Number one of the eight is the I, is involve your audience. And I think we all would, would agree one of the great things that Ian does is he gets people engaged, right, Ian? I do. How would you know that? Uh, <laughs> because that's who you are, buddy. And, and I think that a lot of people miss that whole deal, and they think, how do I present at people versus present with people? And so I'd like to suggest that everybody write that one down. And, Ian, what do you think about engagement? You know, it's very important because what I do, and I've done contemporary speaking classes before, you got to look to the right of the, of the audience right there to, and then look to the left and then bring it all in the center. You're constantly looking and talking to each individual. And if you can get a recognition like a nod from them or acceptance or even asking them questions throughout the whole presentation, get them involved. In fact, that would be a suggestion, Ian, that I like to give, that I talk about in the book, that I like to give to everybody, is you may want to just make it a standard habit that you start with a question. How many are you glad that you're here today? How many of you want to learn additional information about what the Beamer can do for your health? How many of you want to learn whatever? And you're asking questions and then getting people to raise their hand. When you get that engagement, that involvement at the beginning, it boosts your confidence. And there can be several wins that you can play out as well. So, for example, if you call on one person that's in your audience to respond to a question, then the rest of the people in the room move their eyes away from you onto that person, and you get a breathing space. When you have a breathing space, you, your confidence goes up because you get to think for a minute about how your voice sounds, your tone, what you're saying, your notes, and then you can come back in after that person talks. So involvement the right way really does keep people engaged. It keeps them attentive. Uh, it keeps them connected to you. Uh, and if you do it the right way, you can have breathing spaces that can really give you a, a big win. Uh, Lisa, thoughts on that? Yeah, I like that a lot. And it also it gets them thinking about the question and necessarily, you know, takes them off of, oh, he's really wearing that up there, like stuff that doesn't matter. So uh, it's like a, a pattern interrupt for people that are watching somebody doing a presentation. And I also think sometimes when we're doing presentations, we're, we're very self-conscious about those kind of things about ourselves, what we're saying. And I don't know where this is going to fit into the eight practices, but I'm going to bring it up before Ian brings it up, is how do you get rid of ums? Are you ready for this, Lisa? You ready for this? This is probably going to shock you. You ready? I'm ready. Most people don't care. They don't really Perfect. care if you say um. I don't got care. It now. They never. I, they um, never. I, I promise you, they now. never go home, and they don't go to their kids and go, "Man, Eon said four ums today on his show." They just don't. Now. If you go overboard and you're crazy, um, 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 there's an exception. But a few ums, people don't care. You go look at the very best presenters and they say ums. People don't care. Like, don't even worry about that. People care if you care. People care if you give them value. People care if you keep them engaged. They do not care if you're a perfect presenter. 
if we want to be good at Beamer, we want to be duplicatable, right? Exactly. And it's not about it's not about oh, I can be a good as good a presenter as Tony. No, it's be real. Like if it's had an impact on you and you're sharing your story, people want to know that. They really don't. They just never go home and go, man. I'm telling you, Tony said three ums today on the show. They just never. They don't care. So <laughs> that's I a good so. point. That's a good point there, Tony and Lisa. There's there's something that I like to do too. And right off the bat, I do like to get everyone engaged because right away everyone loves to look at their phones. I mean, every 20 seconds, 30 seconds, they're looking down the phone. If I'm not having them engaged, whether it's some activity or going on or asking them questions, or even personally myself, and I think everybody who knows me likes to know I like to joke around, have a good time, laugh, and and relax the audience by keep having some humor. Do you also do the same oh, thing, Humor is great. And if you can egg it on and you can involve people that are funny, then you don't even have to be funny yourself, you know? Uh, so many times we uh, we don't take advantage of our audience and get them involved. If they if they know things, if they have history, if they can contribute, uh, like you said, Ian, with their backgrounds, that's powerful. So the whole idea about facilitating uh, as part of your involvement would be something I'd encourage people to write down, you know. And, you know, people zone out. Today, like, people's attention spans are, like, smaller than ever uh, the way we do life. And so keeping people involved, asking them questions, having them write things down. That's another good one, you know. Do you ask your uh, your audience on, like, a Beamer Saturday to write things down? And if you do, then guess what? They're they're, they're connected to you more. So, uh, you know, best practice number one is absolutely have good involvement. Um, and it actually even starts before uh, the presentation itself. Let's say you started Beamer Saturday on a 10, 10 o'clock start time, and a few people always show up early. Well, get them involved. Have them help you set something up. Have them give you insight. Have them tell you their story. Uh, have them tell you what they care about. Getting them involved before the actual presentation starts. And you can start before that. In the invitation, when you send an invitation to invite someone to your presentation, you could have them respond back on, you know, here's the three topics. Which one matters the most to you? And then at the beginning, you say, hey, based on what everybody said, the topic that most people want today is this, so we're going to put the heaviest emphasis on this. So you can get people involved at the invitation uh, step or the stage. And then, of course, you can get them involved before you actually start the presentation. Then you can get them involved once you start the presentation. What do you think of that, guys? Yeah, also, too, I wanted to just throw in here part of the involvement process when you're doing a presentation or having a lunch and learn is that you're inviting other distributors and your customers that have had a Beamer experience and have a testimonial because those testimonials are super powerful with um, the presentation, and that definitely is a high level of involvement. Yeah, write this one down. When someone else does that, there's a term that, that is a great thing to understand, and that's called peer trust transference. So when someone tells you a story that validates what you're presenting or what you're sharing, then they can transfer as a peer trust transference to your message, and that's so valuable, so powerful. If you want people to take action and have belief and to follow up into uh, your message or direction, then getting people to share is powerful. Yeah. So, Tony, let's let's take a little spin here for a second. Here. Let's try this for a, for a drive. Lisa, why don't you tell us your story in regards to Beamer for everyone? 
okay. My, uh, I, I have a very powerful story, I feel, and I was introduced to Beamer uh, six years ago, a little over six years ago. I was in the middle of a health crisis, and I was looking for something that could give me back my life. I had very, very, very low energy. Everything I had to just go into my health and wellness studio, and here I was giving whatever energy I had to my clients and really had none afterwards. Uh, I also, um, because of an illness um, prior to and the treatment, my organs were starting to shut down one by one. Uh, my liver function was um, at about 30%, and uh, life was not great. Um, there was probably some depression in there as well, but I kept a smile on my face. And when I finally, after being introduced to Beamer three times, I finally got on a Beamer and after five days realized that this device was what was going to change my life. And literally, I, I credit Beamer and my body for giving me my life back. And um, within a period of 18 months, and I don't know exactly when it happened, but um, I did have a test and my liver function was 100%. But I was on hundreds of um, thousands of dollars worth of supplements and medications. And I can um, say today that I take absolutely nothing and um, just do Beamer and enjoy my life. Well, I just saw the Beamer Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> hey, and I got a breeding face, and we got involvement. Exactly. There you go. Now, now, where are you going to take her story to now, and how are you going to use it in your presentation? Are you asking the audience or are you asking me? I'm asking you, Tony. Well, what I love to do is when someone does that, what you want to do is say that's how it's impacted you. It's a powerful story, Lisa. I mean, if you think about it, what we're all about here with Beamer is being able to share with others what we have that a lot of people don't know about, and it can change lives. And we want to be able to improve our presentation abilities, not just our presentation skill, but our presentation abilities to share and being able to share our own stories powerful. Being able to share other people's stories is powerful, you know. Um, I just think involvement uh, is great. What you just did, Eon, utilizing a story um, is exactly what we teach. That's what we talked about in the book. Uh, so one of the of the eight best practices is how do you really get that involvement going? Let people talk. I think that's a good good start right there. Then why don't we move on to the P, to prepare your audience. Let's talk about that. Uh, well, we, we believe that preparation starts at the invitation level. We believe that people can come to the table in, uh, in different mindsets. They can be a vacationer. They can be a graduate. They can be a, uh, a prisoner. Maybe they don't even want to be there. Maybe their spouse has brought them. Or they can be a student. And the more you prepare your audience, uh, the more effective you can be at getting them into student mentality. If they're in student mentality, they have their pens out and they're ready to take notes. Um, and the way that you start that, in my opinion, is with the invite. You prepare your audience based upon how benefit-rich your invite is. And so we encourage everybody that's listening to this 
to think about when you're inviting someone to a steamer Saturday or any kind of training or anything, uh, Zoom or in person, uh, how benefit-rich is it, uh, meaning how uh, is it talking about the features like the time and who's going to talk and what's the subject, or are you really sharing things of how a person can utilize the experience to get them more of what they want? So preparing your audience at the invite stage. Um, you know, one of the things that we can do also in the first few minutes of a presentation, uh, Eon, is to make sure that we are uh, introducing ourselves or whoever's talking effectively. And we, we call that concept in the book host introductions. So I can say something like, you know, we're going to turn this over to Ian, and he's going to take the next 10 minutes and give you no introduction. Or I can turn it over in such a way that I set you up and I prepare the audience to hear you. Uh, Ian is a very energetic presenter. Today he's going to share for 10 minutes about his own story. And uh, in doing that, know that he's got two or three great points that when he did his research, he narrowed it down to these three points to really fit everybody that's here. And I appreciate you, Ian, taking the time to do that research and that homework so we can really make your next 10 minutes very powerful. And now let's turn it over to Ian. If I do that, I'm preparing the audience for Ian. If I don't, and I just go, here's Ian, he's going to take the next 10 minutes, I've not prepared them. You with me on that? 100%. I totally agree with that. Uh, and we also want to help others prepare the audience for us. If we're speaking, you want to make sure that there's some bullet points that you've given to whoever's turning it over to you so they can say something that's going to help the audience be more um, prepared, if you will, to be a student and hear your message. Now, when someone does the host introduction, that makes it easier. If they don't, either way, you want to come out with a bang and prepare your audience. And you want to say, hey, over the next hour, I'm going to give you eight practices from one of my best-selling books, just like I did today. And it's going to be divided into the I Present model. And so I'm setting everybody up, hopefully preparing everybody to take notes and to follow along where we're going. So the takeaway that we want to give everybody, Lisa, and Ian, is to be able to make sure that you're thinking, uh, put yourself in their shoes, and how do you make sure there's not confusion, there's really relevance, you're really tying it back to what they think they're getting, and you're preparing them to hear what you're about to share. No, totally agree. Us, Ian, I just wanted to throw out there, too, the host introduction is brilliant, but I, I want to tie that into something else that we do in Beamer as distributors is the three-way phone call uh, and, and doing that introduction for the, the expert three-way phone call and really kind of edifying that person as, you know, for the next 10 minutes they're going to share your story. So when you're doing three-way calls, that's just another um, point that you can – definitely throw into that. That's excellent. I forgot to include that. Lisa, I'm glad you caught that. We really need to recognize three-way calling is a great way to really help someone on your team. It's a great way for you to be helped if you're newer and listening to this. And being able to edify, as you said, introducing the person that is going to be speaking on your behalf is often overlooked. And, not, and you don't want to miss that one or two minutes. You want to prepare the audience, even if it's one person, to be able to hear the message. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. If I was to do a three-way call right now with 
with you, Tony. I say, listen, um, Lisa, Tony's a very busy man. He's got what, what's going on here. He's great results, guys. So when we talk to him, I'm going to give a little bit of his history there a little bit, but get ready. And it's almost like an honor to have you on the phone with Lisa right now and asking the question. So it kind of helps to elevate your story or what you're trying to get accomplished and answer any questions that you might have. Do you like to go yeah, in that direction too, Tony? To everybody, yeah. Yeah, the two points, Ian, that we want to give everybody is uh, when you're doing a host introduction, like you're describing, the two buck, two primary buckets. One is a person's bio. What have they done to deserve people's attention? That's their bio. And the second thing is what have they done recently to prepare for the message you're about to deliver? So people care if, if the person's prepared, and people care if that person has had experiences that they can learn from, good or bad. Like sometimes showing people what not to do is a great thing, you know. Risk mitigation is a great thing. So it's not always what to do, but what not to do can be valuable. In any case, when you're doing a host introduction, you want to do bio and you want to do how well did the person prepare for them. Perfect. Perfect. So let's, let's so that we can get all eight of these in, let's move to R, which is research and build a powerful presentation arsenal. So I wish I had talked to you yesterday while I was preparing my presentation for Beamer Saturday this Saturday in Clearwater. So <laughs> let's talk about the, the research and how do you build that powerful presentation, Tony. Lisa, are you talking to me? I am. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. All right. Sorry, I thought you were giving an example. So I'd like to I'd like to add to what she's saying and make sure everybody gets the third of our eight in the letter I in in the I present model is an R and I had to stretch it a little bit. It's research and build your presentation arsenal. The big takeaway is to have a good arsenal. We all have an arsenal. Some of us are more strategic about building our arsenal than others. So when you tell a story that you have in your mind, that's a mental arsenal. When you pull something up on your phone, that's an uh, electronic arsenal. When you pull something out of your backpack, that's a hard copy arsenal. So we want to make sure that we have a great arsenal of tools that we can use, and constantly we want to be listening, categorizing, thinking about it in our mind, things that we can use in the future. So we want to build our arsenal, what we call presentation arsenal. It can save you time. It can help you be more influential. It can help you be more confident. It can help you be more valuable, and other people can duplicate it. So in your arsenal, you actually can have the ability to share someone else's story, you know, um, you might want to share Lisa's story, and your arsenal can grab things and make you much more powerful. So uh, I encourage everybody to really take away the concept of building an arsenal that you can use. There's three different buckets. There's the mental arsenal. There's the electronic arsenal, which can be on your phone or in your computer. And there's the hard copy arsenal, which you might keep in a file cabinet. And having all these at your presentation, in factors like when we do presentations, I like to use a little light type thing. I, I hold this thing for presentations that can open up a little bit more on the screen, but to focus on, but have the the printed material is helpful 
so they can have them look at it, but also even statistics or whatever, what you're talking about there could be helpful, or quotes. I find those can be helpful in your presentation. Do you agree, Tony? 100%. You nailed it, 100%. Uh, and you can even go farther than just statistics. You can go into trivia. Like if you have trivia, or let's say you have a statistic and you want to deliver it where there's involvement, you can say things like, hey, you know, I've got something that I, that I know about, which is in your mental arsenal, and I'd like to convey it to you. Okay, what is it? Now you're kind of setting people up. And then you say, but let me do it in a little trivia way. And you ask the question, you say, how many of you think it's 20%? That's an A. How many of you think it's 40%? That's a B. How many think it's 70% to C? All right, let's go again. How many A, 20, 40, 70? And then you deliver the statistic. You pull it out of your arsenal, and you've gotten people involved. And just instead of just, uh, you know, presenting or, or spitting out a, 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 a stat. Are, are you guys with me on that? Yeah. If you get people involved with like a, a trivia, then people are like, oh, great, I got it right. And you might want to incorporate several things like that in your, let's call it your Beamer Saturday or any of your training or any of your meetings. Yeah, absolutely. And that's good, no, that's I a think that's point. important. I, I was going to say it's a good point because. Sometimes when we give people tips or we're giving them eight best practices that they don't necessarily aren't done in all, in that particular order, but that it's it's done throughout the entire presentation as a whole. So I like how you turned that back around and involved the audience. That was great. Yeah, and let me add to that. So of all eight of these, sometimes we can do three or four or five of them at one time. So it's not like, oh, I'm just involving the audience. No, you can use your arsenal, involve the audience, and you can make sure you were really prepared to do it. And while you're doing that, you can do the next one, which is explain the why. And uh, and so I'm just asking everybody to be thinking that as simple as these are, they're not complicated, they're simple, eight things I've given you, uh, they can overlap and they can work together in tangent and be complementary of each other. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about explaining the why, because I know the why is really important to you in a lot of different areas, Tony, that you, that you coach about, including the, the clarity, right? The clarity of, you know, what is your why? Why are you doing this? Why are you a distributor? And so now you've got it into your I present, explain the why are we explaining why we're here today are we explaining why we why you need to get a beamer tell us what we're explaining uh, yeah let me let me lift that up for a minute if you ask somebody how many presentations did they make in a week most people think uh three five seven and some people go, well, you know, when I present, I'm really kind of presenting on the phone. Maybe it's 20. And then they're thinking business, and they're not thinking, well, I'm presenting to my kids, and I'm presenting to my family, and I'm presenting. In fact, I'm presenting all the time. Maybe it's the answer is hundreds of times. And I would propose that maybe that is the right answer, hundreds of times, maybe thousands that we're presenting. Uh, Lisa, would you consider uh, – I'd like you to consider, see if you're okay with this, that today we present by text, we present by voicemail, we present by video, we present by email. We're presenting lots of different ways. Agree? I totally agree with that. When you are using the why, it's so powerful in all those ways. If you're doing a Marco Polo where you send someone a video 
or you're sending a, uh, a, a, a voicemail or you're sending a snap or you're sending it a, a, uh, an email or text, give the wine. And I'd like to give everybody a distinctive tool inside of this to use. And the tool is to use the words so that or to use the word because. So if I say, Lisa, I recommend you build a great mental arsenal of stories so that it's easier for you to communicate how Beamer has impacted other people. So if I use the word so that, it pushes me to give the wine. Agree? Exactly, yes. I like that. Or because. And if I'm typing a text and I go, one of the things I'd recommend people do is to be able to involve the audience and I'd say because people want to be engaged and they want to feel like that they're connected. So, again, uh, you can type that in, uh, your text or email, and say, did I use the words uh, because or so that, followed by whatever the why is. So, one, know that why matters. Two, use so that and because, so it kind of forces you to give the why. And then back to your question, I don't think I directly answered it, Lisa, the, 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 the why is such a powerful component to getting people to take action. And, in fact, most people are not even personally aware of their own whys to the level they could be. Do you buy that? Yes, for sure. I, I would totally agree with that. And if you want to be clear, which is in my model of clarity, focus, and execution, I do believe, as you said, uh, having the why of anything you clearly want to go after. If you want to attract a certain person to become a business builder in our business, what's the why? Do you like that person? Do you like their energy? Do you want to help them be on their team, your team? Would they round at your team? What's your why? And that why oftentimes can motivate you or others around you to take action. And remember, we started our hour today with two things, one, being more confident, and two, being able to get people to take action more. I really believe that if we're presenting at the highest level, we're able to do both of that, be really confident and be able to get people to take action. And the why is number four on our eight. Something yes. about the why in, in that when you're sending text, because we do give information about Beamer in multiple different ways. And I believe you have to give content to people in multiple different ways because people receive content differently. Some people like to read. Some people like to watch a video. Uh, some people want a text. Some people want an email. So in all of those forms of communication, delivering that why, and one of the things that I, actually what I'm presenting on this Saturday is the Beamer Share app. It's one of the things that I'm focused on is don't just send the video, like make it personal and tell them why you're sending the video. So I just want to make that point that, you know, the tools are there, but it's how we are presenting those tools from the back office. Tony, go ahead. Are you hearing, are you hearing how she is presenting herself for her presentation, how she's, Already doing that right now. Awesome job there, Lisa. Elegant, elegant, elegant solution. I love it. <laughs> like, like, how about where, where and when is this happening, Lisa? 
<laughs> if we put things into practice that we're talking about, it becomes part of our habit, and it validates what we're saying, and people see us living it. Right? All those things make a person really exceptional. You know, one of the things when people think about presentations that I've found over the years um, is that people think, I want to be better at presenting, and they think, I need to be better at my presentation skill. And I'd like to people to lift up that thinking to say, I want to be better at my presentation strategy. So if you're mm-hmm. using things like Lisa's doing, that's strategy. Not everything is skill. Sometimes you're using process. Sometimes you're using tools. And so if we want to become exceptional, a presentation master, I encourage us to think that presentation is way more than a skill. It's a strategic asset. Like make yourself exceptional so you can present to your kids and to your spouse and, and all the other places you're presenting, not just a Beamer. Like it's really a, uh, a powerful component to life. And uh, I think a lot of people don't really take it to the level they could. Like one of the things I did is when my kids were like three and four years old, I wanted them to know how to shake hands and present themselves to people they would meet. And today when they do writings about what I taught them, when they were young, you know, they echo that. So all these things, Ian and Lisa, that we're sharing today apply to all pieces to our life. So hopefully everybody's feeling uh, the value is not just to grow your Beamer, although it's directly related. It's all the times, all the ways that we're presenting. So, Tony, exactly. Go ahead, Lisa. I'll let you talk. Manners, go ahead. That's okay. I was was going there next anyway. Go ahead, Ian. But anyways... So before we go into the S right there, because Lisa and I are, on the, are in tune on the same thing, you know, my father used to tell me he's an old Marine, so he always would make us shake hands, look at them in the eye when you shake their hands, and give them a firm handshake. So since you're from Texas, I'm sure you're brought up the same way. Is that true? Bingo. Nailed it. Never, <laughs> never want to have a limp, you know, fish type of handshake because that can totally never. turn off that person never, right never, away. Never, never, never. Never, never, ever, ever. All right, so let's talk this one. Well, I don't got, know. Can you help me explain what this we've got is? Four more, uh, we've got four more best practices from the book. This is the fifth one. And uh, state management simply says that we want to be in the right state, and we want to manage the state of our audience members. Our audience members could be one or it could be 100. And if there's more than 10, there's probably a multiple set of states. So one state, if you want to write it down to the four, is called the vacationer. And sometimes people show up at our in-person trainings with their spouse, and they're just kind of there. Have you ever seen that, Lisa, where they're just kind of, hey, I'm not really a troublemaker. I'm just kind of here. You know, my spouse yeah. has to be here. I'm just kind of vacationing. Don't really care to take a whole lot of notes, but, you know, I'm not really a troublemaker. I'm just kind of vacationing, just here. Uh, sometimes yes. we have people in our training, how about this one, that are prisoners. And they you can see their arms are crossed and they really don't want to be there. And Someone asks them to be there and they're just, they're just there and they're like, I'm really not sure I'm going to have a good time. Ever seen those? Uh, a lot, yes. The third kind in this model we talked about in the book is the person that is a graduate. And they want to talk, and they want to know it all. And if you're attempting to guide, and they will almost over, overpower you because they know it all. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be very careful with the graduates. 
What do you think, Josh? I feel like you're yeah. right on. I feel like I'm at a presentation right now. I, I think you got all the people. There's there's one more, though, isn't there? Number five is the student. And, Ian, this is where you want to get people to be, where they are ready to hear your message, they're ready to receive it, they're ready to learn, they're ready to grow. And uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in our call, uh, when we prepare people, we're moving them to that student mentality. Not everybody comes into that to that mindset. So we've got to do different things if we want to be exceptional at presenting. We want to hook people with value. We want to appreciate people. We want to engage them. We want to talk to them about the, the real things that we're doing that they, that they most care about and give it to, to them in a way that they're enjoying the experience. When they're laughing, they're enjoying it. They're glad they're here. All those things can put people into a state of student mentality. And uh, I'd like to ask everybody to really own that one. Yeah, I like I like that. And do you also mean? Because uh, honestly, I'll just what I thought this was was uh, I wasn't so much focused on the state of the room, but our own state of being when we're in front of the room or in yeah, front exactly. of the Zoom camera. What we want to do in our own state management is we want to be as confident as we can be. And I talk about in the book the whole idea about what causes someone to be confident. And generally, the number one thing that I found in 30 years of this subject is taking the unknowns to the known. And the more you take the unknowns to the known, which I'm skipping ahead a little bit on item number seven, the more you're going to be in a more confident mode. So I encourage you to really do your very best to uh, to take the unknowns to the known, put yourself in that confident state. Now, there's things you can do like the clothes you wear can matter, the music you listen to on the way to a meeting can matter, uh, the people that you have on the stage with you can matter, uh, the amount, how well you know your material is going to matter. Uh, so the more you take the unknowns to the known, the more confident you'll be. And that's the ultimate state you want to be in. Now, you don't want to be arrogant. You want to be confident. And confident is a very powerful state to be in. Yeah, I love that. So let's let's do jump to uh, number six um, on the best practices, which is the second E in I present, and that's eliminate the unknown. Yeah, so there's many ways that you can do that. Let me share a few. On a three-way call... If you're doing a three-way Beamer call, uh, it's really great for the person to say, hey, let me tell you about the person we're presenting to uh, and being able to let that person that is on the three-way call know who's there, what their concerns are, what their likes are, what their backgrounds are, and that person put that person in a better position because you've helped them go from an unknown to a known. When you get on a Zoom early and you test it and you know it's working, then you've taken another unknown to the known. When you're on a stage, you go up and check the microphone, you've taken the unknown to the known. When you stand in front of the room and walk around before the presentation starts, you take that unknown to the known. If you know the environment, you take an unknown to the known. If you shake hands with people as they're coming in before you present, you're taking an unknown to the known. There's just tons of ways that you can do that. We spell them all out in the book. There's about five or six I just gave you. And uh, I just encourage everybody to, uh, to to really think about 
uh, are you leaving things on the table by not taking the unknowns to the known and pushing yourself up to another level of confidence? I like that. That definitely, uh, it, it just eliminates also, too, the distractions and and gives you that that confidence that you need to focus on the material that you are presenting and, and getting the audience involved. So let's, you know, let's go. I'm, I'm, answering, I'm answering some of these questions, Lisa, so that in the future, if someone wanted to share the recording of this with others that might be on their team or join their team, then we would fill this full of content that would help someone be more confident, that would help someone be able to take this as a kind of a compressed training hour of my 20, 30 years of, of studying this. So know that I'm intentionally answering this for the future also where people might want to either re-listen to it themselves and or refer others to listen to it. Go, go ahead. I, I, I think you have yeah, a point. No, oh, that's you... okay. We definitely encourage, we want to encourage everyone who's on the phone or on the call live today to definitely take this back and share with your team because I think we all know that when you – get back out into the public and you're putting bodies on Beamer and you're doing powerful presentations and there's nothing better than the energy of a room to inspire the people in the room to take action. Uh, you know, and these are, these are all fabulous um, tips and tricks that, you know, we're, you're sharing with us and we appreciate it. And, you know, we had over, 900 and something downloads the last time you were on blog talk. We're trying to get over a thousand this time. So, and Ian, this is also something that you could recommend because you're working with the um, equine presentation and new distributors coming on board doing presentations. They should definitely listen to this, right? hundred percent. Guess what I'm going to do. I'm going to add this to the email to get the next one that we do a presentation that we're doing our practice with getting all these nine people involved or assuming 12 and have them read this and practice their presentation before we meet. So hundred percent, I'm going to do that. And we're going to talk about the little gift you're going to be giving Tony, but we got one left, I think, because we talked a little bit about N, which yeah. I know your audience, but geez, yeah, I, yeah, I kind am of I right? Ahead or am I wrong? Yeah. No, I fudged ahead on seven a little bit, uh, which is yeah. know your yeah, audience. Right. So what, Correct. I was going to go to tailor your presentation, but do you want to talk about N a little bit more and then T? Well, yeah, there's one thing I'd like to, I'd like to share with someone so they can have a visual picture of this number seven. I was walking through my home one day when my daughter was about eight and she's 28 today. So this is 20 years ago. And I walked into our, like a room upstairs in our home. And I was shocked at what I saw her doing that related to our call today and she was doing number six and number seven. She was taking the unknowns to the known and she was knowing her audience. She, she was presenting to her dolls and she had her dolls all laid out and she was rehearsing a presentation. And I'm like, Hey, what's up? She says, well, tomorrow I'm making a presentation because the students are bringing their parents in and we're going to show them around the school. And I was like, wow. And I just encourage all of us to think about, you know, taking the unknowns to the known, knowing your audience, being able to really rehearse, uh, know what you're going to deliver is a, a great win. It's just a great win. Okay, let's go to number eight. Tailor your presentation. This is a concept that 
I'd like to uh, introduce to everybody here. Uh, it's a term that I coined years ago called planned spontaneity. And that means you're so planned and prepared that you can tailor your message. So if someone asks a question and it's not exactly on your agenda, you can move there uh, without being wigged out. You can just move right over there and talk to that person about that question or move in that direction for a minute or two and then come back to where you're at. And so I'm proposing that if you really want to be at the highest level, you're okay to kind of tailor the message. That's why I said today when we started off, guys, I'll I'll follow your lead because we can just – we can maneuver around and we can tailor the presentation to what you guys think would be valuable for our listeners. And, uh, and then, you know, because I've prepared enough, I hope that I can be spontaneous and deliver great tips and best practices. So there you have number eight, guys. It's called tailor your message or make sure you have good uh, strategic uh, spontaneous uh, preparation. Yeah, and that's that's a great point. I think some people in Beamer, some distributors in Beamer, uh, aren't necessarily accustomed to doing presentations or following a PowerPoint. And, you know, our Beamer presentation is done for us. So you're missing that piece of, like, you know, I did my own presentation for this Saturday. I created my own slides. I know that. Like, my, my brain is ingrained into it. Um, but the best thing I think you can do is, you know, download that PowerPoint presentation, start practicing it, practice it on your family, uh, practice it on your kids' dolls, whatever, and, <laughs> and, and, learn, and, and learn the material. And just because there's a, an entire presentation doesn't mean if you know your audience, there's some parts of it that you don't actually have to do. And so part of the action that I want everyone to take today is, first of all, if you haven't downloaded that PowerPoint presentation from the distributor library, please do that and start practicing it. And then the second thing I want um, everyone to do is to step into action and plan a presentation uh, where you get back out there, whether it's inviting three or four friends to your house, whether it's collaborating with another health and wellness business and you're doing it in their business or you actually book a, a little, you know, facility is, you know, put it on a schedule. On May 15th, I'm doing this. And then get into action and do all of these things and prepare yourself. And, and the only way to get better, Tony, correct me if I'm wrong, is to keep doing them over and over. So I, I preach it all the time. They say, yep, preach it all the time. Hey, well, we have another few minutes. Can we take some questions, guys? How, how do we want to take these these last few sure. minutes here and, and get some involvement ourselves? Ian, you want to encourage got, people to reach out? we got two minutes out? left, Tony. we got two minutes left. Hit one if anyone has a quick question. But I like my audience is better than my, my kids' dolls since I don't have any kids. But definitely get together with a couple of dogs at the dog park and have some biscuits in your hand and give them a kind of a gift. So I definitely keep their attention alive. So we are, what we're going to do here, Tony, why don't you tell them what you're going to give them today as we're having someone jump on real quickly. Go ahead, and then we'll have we, we, uh, coming we along. Have a, uh, we have a small version of the Life is a Series of Presentations book uh, that we call the Passport version, and we're going to give everybody an uh, e-version of that 
as they complimentary download that would add value, if you will, to the points here. Uh, and so I think, did, our, did my team get that already sent to you guys? They did, Tony. I've got it. And I'm going to add one quick question here for us because we have about one minute. So 614286, you are on. 614-286. You're on here live with Tony. Or not. We're going to give you one more shot. 614-286. You are on. We're going to go back. So, Tony, we got about 30 seconds left. So, thank you so well, much for coming on. And it was bet. amazing. And yeah, I think this, this is going to break a thousand. Yeah, let's encourage everybody to encourage others to listen to this if they found it valuable. Uh, I think this is a big part of really winning, if you will, in the uh, in the Beamer world. Exactly, and, and we this will, is great we will, for you to join uh, us on this call. We will have the link to um, Tony's um, passport book, "Life is a Series of Presentations," um, in the description of this blog talk. So when people go to listen to it or download it, and they will be able to download the book there. Tony, thank you again so much. We appreciate everything that you're doing um, here on Blog Talk Radio as well as for Beamer um, as a whole. And uh, Ian, go ahead, and I'll let you end the show. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Today's show was brought to you by an independent group of Beamer distributors who are committed to helping you find success in your business. We're all part of a bigger mission to bring this amazing technology to a market that so desperately needs it. We'll be back again really soon. Until then, here's to your health.